yo, yo. This is Harry Hog Football, the original Redskins fan podcast. And on today's show, we talk about the debacle of a game between the Washington Redskins and the New York Giants. It sucked, didn't it, guys? Says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't even know if John could hear it. <laughs> Couldn't hear it at all. <laughs> what? I can't get the door open. What? What? Um, anyway, that pretty much sucked. Man, that was a horrible game. Yo, yo, yo! What's up, y'all? Yo, 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 yo! Horrible. Our, our offense. Our offense is bad. Our offense is lying. What was it we've been saying since last season? Every single starter is over the age of 30. Seriously. Dude, all I know is during that game, Suzanne looked at me and said, maybe you shouldn't say the word sucks as much around Amelia. Because <laughs> every two seconds I was like, man, we suck. And Amelia's like, <laughs> and Amelia's like, and then, and then I'm like, man, we yuck after that We're whole, yuck. whole rest of the game. And she goes, Ew. oh, dude, you know what really sucked? Uh, Having tickets to the game, being in D.C. and not being able to go because I had a very sick, sick child. That does suck. Really I got a rash, man. It really sucked. It does but, suck. But, you know... We watched it. We watched the game, and I was kind of glad in a lot of ways that I wasn't there. Um, I bet that seven dollar beer guy was there. Eight dollars. I'm sure he was. Um, I mean, the Sean Taylor ceremony was pretty cool uh, to watch that happen. Um, they didn't show hardly any of it on uh, on Fox. Did you guys know? No, not at all. I mean, it was unbelievable. They're sitting there talking about Plaxico Burris while in the background this thing's going on. Oh, I know, dude. I was watching Fox, but I was listening to the uh, ceremony on the Redskins radio. Yeah. And, unbelievable. Uh, you know, did they have a bit of a uh, false start on this ceremony? Because it looked like they showed it on Comcast and they looked it up the park. A few balloons went up, but then they showed it again on Fox a few minutes later and it had, like, many more balloons and fireworks and... There were like three or four different phases of it. It was, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess part of it was meant to happen before the national network picked it up. But, I, you know, I'm glad that they did that. And, and you know, it just was a really kind of a sad, heart-wrenching time. I mean, you know, to watch this ceremony and everything and listen to Sean Taylor's dad. Personally, I don't think it really pumped up the Redskins to go out and play, uh-uh. you know, best ball. I think it put more on their minds than they needed to have on their minds. And then George Michael yeah. was trying to, like, um, bait Sean Taylor's dad into saying stuff that would pump Larry. up the team. No, not, not Larry. It was George down on the field. 
And he was like, was Yeah, yeah. And he was saying stuff like, and what would Sean Taylor be doing today? Like, hoping he would say, like, watching the Redskins kick the Giants' butt or something like that. But he was like, he'd be on his boat fishing. And George Michael's like, okay. Man. But anyway. I, yeah, I think he was expecting him to say, he'd be looking down on us, telling us to play, play your heart. And, you know. Yeah, but anyway. anyway. Sean Taylor, if you did not hear, uh, for those of you that did not see the game, is now in the Redskins ring of fame around the stadium. And, um, yeah. And let's move on to the game, I guess. Yep. Shall we? Sounds like fun. Dude, where do we start on this one? I don't know where to start. Uh, I'll start somewhere. I'll start with Benny Serrato. <laughs> Dude, has he I called hope, a kicker? I hope to God at halftime, Benny Serrato was on his cell phone with a list of any available person that's ever kicked any shape ball and called them on the phone and said, will you get out here this week? Dude, I know. What's his I deal? Mean, seriously. How many weeks do we have to say this over and over? It's not just us. I mean, a lot of people... It's obvious. Well, it's been obvious for a long time. It's like just last week is finally when uh, kind of pretty much everyone else from the Post down to uh, the media, the other media, started mentioning, you know, Sean Sweetland's not doing very well lately. Well, they just realized that? Yeah, dude. Exactly. He is a good kicker. Dude. He kicked it straight. Uh, Just the wind blew it. Um, well, then don't kick it straight. Kick it the other way so that, the wind blows it in. Dude, that kick, that 42-yarder, wasn't even close. It was no... No, it wasn't even close. And... <laughs> oh, man, and before that, after he kicked the extra point, he must have uh, worn himself out on that first extra point he kicked because uh, he only was able to kick it to, like, the 16-yard line right after that. Oh, you, you mean the only extra point he kicked? Yeah. Good Lord. Dude, our offense is horrible. Horrible. How many third downs did we have? Like, We had like a short pass on third down or a receiver drop it on third down. Dude, but here's the deal. The reason that we're throwing these short passes, and Jason Campbell's gotten a lot of criticism this past week, which in my opinion is really undeserved. Uh, he's gotten all this criticism and you know throwing these short passes. It's because he doesn't have time to do anything else. And then and you if people are wondering why we haven't been calling Chris Cooley's name much, much this year, it's because he's staying back there and pass protect. I mean, that, that's the thing. They need him. They need him sitting in there trying to block because Lord knows the rest huh? of the offensive line aren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. John Jansen is getting beat over and over. Why is Stefan Heyer not back in at this point? I think it's become painfully obvious that Jansen is basically overmatched right now. Oh, and dude, overage. on that fourth and one where he totally missed the block from the from the back side, the dude came in from the opposite side and tackled Clinton Portis on the fourth and one. And I was like, what happened? And then they showed it again. And I was like, Oh my, cause he just ran right by Jansen. And Jansen was like looking around like, Oh, yeah. People cannot know the offensive line here. You want to give it to the O-line report? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talking about it. Um, Franco Americans, we 
The O-Line Report with Aaron Allen. Dude, that just makes me mad to even hear that little jingle this, this week. Here's the O-Line Report. They yucked. All over the field. <laughs> they yuck. <laughs> they yuck. Boy, do they yuck. What else can I'll I say? I'll tell you what we need to be doing. We, we, you know, we've loaded up on, on weapons. I mean, we've got, you know, which some of which we still haven't seen. Fred Davis, uh, Devin Thomas. Who else do we pick up? Um, you know, we've already Jaffees, Malcolm yeah, Kelly, Malcolm Kelly, Justin we've already Tryon. got Santana Moss. We've got Chris Cooley. You know, we've got a we've got scores of of number twos and number threes on the receiving uh, core. Uh, we got a big man in Mike Sellers with good hands that can run the ball. You know, who twice, what, two weeks in a row has not really been stopped on the plays that he's been active as a ball carrier or pass catcher, which, by the way, um, they just stopped doing it. They stopped throwing to him or giving it to him. Which, which I don't know why, but, but what, I, what I'm getting at is we need to spend this this year, and it can start now as far as I'm concerned. We need to get a new – we need some new offensive linemen. And – you know, it, it, they're just not. Our O line is not doing their job. They're they're this. I don't even. I don't want to call them a ragtag bunch or whatever you want to call them. Dirt I mean, bags. All five starters' ages start with the three. That's right. And granted, so do ours, but we're not. You know, physically protecting a quarterback or anybody else really. But for three hours every Sunday. I mean, these guys are breaking down and we did almost nothing to get any kind of youth movement on the O-line. Instead, we draft a tight end we didn't need that's way behind the learning curve. Has anyone even seen Fred Davis lately? You, you want to hear my I opinion? I haven't seen him on the sideline. Here, here's my opinion. Here's my opinion. The O-line, in my opinion, should you should never have a combined age of more than 150 on the offensive line. A. <laughs> B. I, I think that a combined age on the offensive line of 125 to 130, or maybe even a little less, that's the, that's the, that's what we need. Other than that, you get these big old guys that are just big and tired and old. And and I just, you know, there is the exception out there, but we we need. I mean, a, even Randy Thomas is starting to get beat. Yeah, we need a we need a more youthful, um, athletic. Offensive line. And mark this down, dude. That's another reason why you won't hear this on any other media outlet. But that's another reason why we lose all these night games is because our offensive line is so old, they go to bed by that time. <laughs> dude, seriously. I mean, <laughs> they no, do no, good no. in the first quarter and then they suck. They're like, oh man, it's past our bedtime. I know. They're like popping Geritol at halftime going, what's the deal? And they're like, I can't <laughs> believe they flexed us into the night game. <laughs> I thought I was going to be home by 5 o'clock. Anyway. Right, geez, I want to throw a little stat out. A little line. Um, do you guys have any idea where Jason Campbell is in regards to being sacked, like a, like for a percentage-wise or a numbers-wise in the NFL? He's um, got to be up near the top. Got to be near the top. I think I know, dude. I think he's the third most sacked in the NFL. Oh yeah, he's the third most. He's the 
third most sacked quarterback in the NFL. He's third. He's been sacked 32 times. Who's the third? third in the entire NFL. Not even the NFC, the NFL. We get sacked like six or seven times a game, it seems like. Some of them are his fault, though, I have to admit. What? Some of them are his fault. He, he holds the ball forever sometimes. Sometimes, but he's getting better about that. Like, he's almost been too quick on the release on a couple of these because he's, so, he's starting to get antsy because he's tired of getting hit. And But the thing is, dude, he's still got one of the higher, one of the highest, I guess you could say, passer ratings in the NFL. He's over average. Um, he's officially 13th for starting quarterbacks that have started in six games or more this year. And <laughs> he's only throwing four picks, I guess, as part of the reason. He's been throwing high percentage passes. I, I guess, and I mean, we've seen him moving around and avoiding a lot of contact, but I, I think he's starting to get antsy. Dude, the, um, the Washington Post had a really good article this past weekend. Uh, well, I don't want to say really good, but they had an interesting article uh, about quarterbacks this past weekend, and they were comparing Jason Campbell to um, Eli Manning, of course, and Philip Rivers, reason being because uh, of the time period, that, and Ben Roethlisberger, the time period that they were drafted. You know, they were either drafted the same year or a year apart kind of thing. And and the comparison was, okay, Jason Campbell's just as good as any one of these other guys. The thing that's different is he's had to learn so many systems over the over so many years, whereas these guys, you know, maybe they, they sat for a year or they started their first year and they've stuck with one system throughout that time period. So Jason Campbell's had a huge learning curve, right? So what they're doing is saying, okay, Let's look at where he is. If we take it all back to zero, you know, he's on track for being where they are and what they've accomplished as quarterbacks if you give him another year or two because uh-huh. of the time he had to spend on the bench or with new systems. So I don't think we can keep uh, hounding Jason Campbell. I think he's doing a fine job. I think he's I a think good he's quarterback. Doing about the best he can. Any, any time he's a good quarterback. Yeah, any time. You know, well, I've been really impressed with him stepping out and running the ball. Anytime he's had to run the ball, he's made a first down. Yeah. I mean, you know, and we're talking like on big, long third and nine kind of situation. Dude, I think he yeah. may have been our leading rusher in that game, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I'm not mean, even seriously. kidding. No, I guess. Yeah, as a matter of fact, Aaron, you're right. Um, Jason Campbell had five rushes for 38 yards. Um, leading the team behind Devin Thomas on that touchdown run, and Clinton Cordes, who finished with uh, 11 for 22. Wow. See? Yeah. What did that do to Portis' yeah. ranking in the NFL as far as leading rusher? I don't know. He dropped out of first. It doesn't matter. Is is I Portis injured, dude? Because the last thing I saw mean, of Portis him. Portis is like, is like Mr. Injury. <laughs> no, God, dude. How many injuries does he have? But look, I'm talking about specifically, I saw him writhing in pain laying on the sideline, and they never said anything about it on Fox. Yeah, dude, he's got a neck sprain. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, he sprained, sprained his neck. Dang it. Sprained his neck. Did you see that? I know, dude. Him? He got hurt again. He didn't even get like hurt a little bit. Like Jason Campbell had a, uh, had a fingernail ripped off. Which yeah, ow, but that's like that's like a little little ouchie compared to Clinton Portis. It's like Jason Campbell got away with that and a couple bumps and bruises. Every game Clinton Portis plays, it comes out with like a, a a very important injury. I can't say major injury, but but you know they're not mild. Well, dude, when he took that hit, I was worried. Like, oh. that, dude, that looked horrible. And uh, Amy actually said 
she was like, oh my gosh, I hope his neck is okay. I mean, she thought... probably a concussion. She called me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Karen called me and, said this, and was singing, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, dude, I think he's out for the game. I think he has a concussion. You know, I was like, oh great, here comes Betts. Fumble fingers. Yeah, well, Betts actually looked pretty good out there. You could tell he was focused and he was on. He only had one run. I can't remember... It was one run for three yards. I can't remember, but it was a strong run, and he had a pass on the screen, and he got a first down on that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And I'll but, tell uh, you some people yeah, that were I'm off. Thinking. What's up with the receivers dropping like long passes? Santana Moss dropped a long one. Um, was it Malcolm Kelly that dropped another long one? That was right in Jason his. Jason Thrash or Jason Thrash. James Thrash <laughs> dropped one. Yeah. It was like over the middle, and he rarely yeah, drops them. Third down. So uh, a first down on third, yeah. Randall L. ran like one yard shy of the first down on one third down. Chris Cooley did it on another third down. I mean, what are they doing? Dude, all I know is that we only scored one touchdown, and it was on a trick play. And like I wrote on the website, if that's the only way you can score points, you suck. No, but you know what? Ah! We, did, we did only score on that trick play, but what it did let us see – was a little bit of the talent that we haven't seen yet this year. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice that he got his first touchdown. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to give my game ball to Devin Thomas. Wait, you can't do that yet. Why not? Dude, that was my squad key for The coveted Emperor Luzo Game Ball Award. All right, now you can do it. Well, I'm going to give my game ball to Devin Thomas. Just because he scored his first NFL touchdown. Um, yeah, and he wasn't going to be taken down. They had him at the five-yard line, and he's like, oh, no, I know if we don't get in, this is it. He, like, reached well, and stretched. Jason and Campbell threw two blocks on that run downfield. Not one, but two. And I think Moss threw the other one. Santana Moss was, yeah. Just got him in the end zone. Santana Moss was just kind of sitting there pushing that. He's yeah, that's good. He, he can, he can uh, battle through there a little bit, as we saw. Well, Josh, who are you giving yours to? Uh, let's see. My game ball, I'm, right, I'm going to give it to, uh, and this is because I mentioned it last week, and I think he made even bigger strides this week. I'm going to give it to Jason Taylor because I think he really came up big in a lot of, uh, a lot of plays. I mean, he was in there making tackles. He was getting in the backfield. Um he did have a pass defended this time around. He was credited yeah. officially three tackles on a fifth, but he was a lot better. So I was watching a lot uh, closer. This he was there. You know, I think he was there on more than that. That's my opinion. It just seemed like he was there. Where, what did Chris Horton come in with this this game? Horton came in with eight eight tackles, three assists. Well, see, Horton was my my other guy, but it seemed to me like they were tag teaming a lot. When I see Horton. I'd see, uh, I'd see Taylor. So I wonder, you know, if they were actually all really went to Horton or some went to Taylor. But Horton was the other guy I was going to uh, throw the game all out to. So I'll just give it to the duo. Yeah, that's all right. I think Horton, uh, he definitely got a lot of the blitz action in that game. You know, every time we stacked eight in the box and, and said, hello, we're about to blitz everyone. And Eli Mandy just went, Dip. and got like a big game. Yep. I know. Dude, we would be remiss if we didn't point out that um, the Redskins did shut down their run. Too bad our corners 
Fred Smoot. Couldn't cover. Carlos Rogers. Two third downs in a row. Who's Carlos Rogers? Dude, who's Sean Spur- no, I'm not even going to talk. No, no, don't even go there yet, dude. <laughs> Save that for the pain. Sean Springs, Mr. Like, all right, we'll just hold off on that. Yeah, yeah. Who's your game ball going to, Aaron? Your game ball going there. Well, I'm kind of torn. I got two game balls. One on defense is to London Fletcher just for playing because without him, we would have probably got destroyed like 60 to nothing. And he led the team incidentally, 11 tackles, three assists. Nice. Yeah. And um, he had a solid game and he wasn't even supposed to play. And my other one's got to go to uh, Mike Sellers for that awesome run where he just, like, (laughs) hurtled over some dudes. Dude, that was awesome. That's, like, one of the best plays I've seen all year from, like, anyone, especially a dude the size of an offensive lineman. I watched that, and I was like, who would have thunk that Mike Sellers, you know, could, could be running the high hurdle? It wasn't an easy catch for him to make on that play either. Oh, no. He, like, squeezed it in there and, like, caught it over his shoulder and kept in stride, but it was, like, a weird angle. He launched some dudes. It would have been it would have been so awesome if he, he barely got tripped up by that guy, if he would have been able to stay on his feet. He would have been gone. You know, I'm almost willing to say, let, let's sit Portis down and rest him this week in Baltimore. I hate to do it, but sit him down and rest him, and let's really use bets and let's use sellers uh, in the backfield. Dude, so, I think if... Yeah, I agree. Anyway, you know, but I think if we keep beating up on Portis, he's going to be no good to us, or he's going to get so hurt that he's. Just, I mean, he's just going to not be able to play well the rest of the season. He, let's say there is a rest or a postseason at this point, which is you know getting slimmer and slimmer. But uh, you know, I think he needs to get healthy for a game. Dude, this is what I, I say we do. This is what I say we do. All right, we take exactly Todd Yoder as going to be a. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. We take Todd Yoder as the lead blocker, and then we replace Clinton Portis in this game with Mike Sellers as the tailback. Dude, that's what I've been saying. Yeah, there you go. The entire game. If you yeah. did that by the end of the game, Ray Lewis would be running away <laughs> from Mike Sellers when he saw him coming through the line. Dude, I agree. I think that would be fantastic. You know what I think also we could do? We need to Justin, where's the ball? Try on. Oh, but hold on. I got to elaborate. Every time Sean Alexander. I got to elaborate on my plan, dude. I agree with that, dude. My plan is to do that that thing with um, Mike Sellers for the first three quarters. And then the last quarter, after the uh, Ravens are all beat up, let Portis have a few carries. See if he can torch them once they're all good and worn down anyway that will never happen though dudes it's too that makes too much sense liberal to football thinking why do we need uh why do we need Justin Tryon dude all he had to do was like locate the ball and he could have down that ball on like the one it's Stanley our punter sucks too he had a couple good kicks though he wasn't as bad as Sweezum no his first kick Went to, uh, went 36 yards. And after that, it was a touchback, like, every time. Yep. I'd rather have a touchback than a kick return. 
I would rather have a touchback than a kick return. And I think that was what happened after that 36-yarder. Zorn. Just told him to kick it in the end zone. Yeah. Zorn. <laughs> just kicking it to the end zone every time there, Aaron Zorn. Zorn. Who? Coach Zorn. Who? Zorn. Zorn. <laughs> Sorry. No, dudes. I, I mean, I agree. I think you probably just said, just don't just kick it. Kick it as hard as you can. Yeah, I think so, too. They're like, forget all this directional bull crap. Dude, here's a question before I forget about it. Um, What's the rule with the whole uh, um, penalty and stopping the clock thing? Because it was in the fourth quarter and, like, the Giants had a penalty for a delay of game, and then they wound the clock and let it run down 40 more seconds. What's up with that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. I remember you saying that. That made no sense. But at yeah. that point, it was already just like, you know, we're done. Mm-hmm. So it kind of flipped out of my mind. Anyway, dude. All right, I want to give a shout before we're done. To uh, D'Angelo Hall, who has had two picks in three games, should have had three. Um, who's getting into the system? And if he had, if I was gonna say that he's only played with uh, Springs for two games, and that's why he uh, Springs and he weren't able to like you know do that nice communication thing of like I got it. And Springs <laughs> jumped in front of him, and then they dropped that phone or they dropped that pick. But it's only one game since Springs has been hurt. Dude, speaking so, of. What was Springs thinking? He didn't see him out there by himself, like waiting to field that basic punt that was thrown by Eli Manning. I know. He, he, he totally was just there, coming right to him, and Springs came flying in, and, and that's what I'm saying. It's like if these guys, if, if, you know, Angelo Hall and he have hardly played together at all, so they don't really have that kind of communication thing going on. Dude, Springs totally gets my kick for that, but I can't kick him too hard because he did turn around and make an interception, but of course we didn't do anything with that. So, yeah. Yeah, I can't kick him too hard for that. But if we're getting ready to do kicks, are we getting ready to do kicks? Well, I've already given mine, so. <laughs> it's time for this week's Kicking <laughs> the Balls Award. Time for. All right. So, John, Josh is giving his to uh, Sean Springs. Who are you giving yours to? My, well, I wanted to give mine to Sean Springs because he got hurt again, which we'll talk about in a minute, which you keep alluding to. Um, I think it was mine to Lamar Landry this game. Because if you guys might recall in the first game, Ron Landry um, got himself on the NFL highlights videotape that you get for your Sports Illustrated um, for this season by getting completely run the hell over. By uh, by uh, what's his face? That running back, Brandon Jacobs. Brandon Jacobs. So it came to one of those points again in this game. I believe it was on the the uh, the drive where uh, I'll centered a bit where the Redskins pooped the bed. Which they always have one drive. They do that every game. The great, the great, the great, the poop bed. Then the great again. Um, I believe it was on that drive where. He had his little one-on-one getting ready to happen again, and he was all geared up for it. He goes diving at him, and Brandon Jacobs just does this little, like, uh, Barry Sanders skip over to the right and totally just made him wet. 
Was it Brandon and Jacobs or Derek Ward? That wasn't. It was Brandon Jacobs, and Ron Landy didn't really have a good game. He had five tackles, two assists, but I distinctly remember him not making a couple of tackles. And I don't know if he's thinking Rusty hanging out in center field, getting all bored, you know, like the little kid in little league, just like out there, like taking dandelions and whatnot. And then suddenly has to go. Oh crap! Here comes the ball. So. I don't know what I don't know if that's the reason he wasn't very good, but he was he was a little off. What about you, Josh? And there's so many people to kick. Josh, what about you? I already gave it, dude. Oh, then that leaves me. Yeah. Sorry. Um I'm gonna give mine to number twenty seven, Fred Smoot, because um dude, on that pass, he was so burned, it was it was like when the ball was in the air. I thought it was one of those deals where he was kind of poaching and was going to close at the end and knock it down because he turned and saw it up there, and then he never closed. He got burnt Maybe bad. Maybe he thought he was going to close, too. He got burnt bad, dude, like horribly. He did. You, you're alluding to the first touchdown of the game. Yeah. On that first drive. And I was just like, oh, my. you got to be kidding me. And But then that was, you did point out, that was after we had, like, two third and longs that we gave up thanks to number 22. Number 22 gave up two third and longs twice in a row. And that led up to that. Um, but anyway, yeah. Oh, no, I got it. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my kick because I didn't really want to kick Landry just because we had kind of a mediocre game for him, although we did get, you know, Pretty much owned by Brad Brandon Jacobs again. My kid goes to Sean Fleasum, of course. Dude, I can't even. Ah! I can't even muster the strength to kick Sean. Ah! If he can't, if no, if Sean Fleasum can't even muster the strength to kick a ball like he's supposed to, I can't even muster the strength to kick him. Dude, all Sorry. right. His kickoffs were like to the sixteen and like further out, and then at one point when John was yelling cut. I think the coaches were like, dude, if you don't kick this one close to the end zone, you're cut. And then he kicked it to the five after that. Yeah, that, was right, that was right coming out of uh, the locker room. He kicked it to the five, and it was returned to the 27. Yeah, I mean, I think they went in there at halftime and said, dude, if you don't kick it like, if you can't kick it to the five-yard line, you're cut. And he, like, pulled a groin trying to get it down there probably. Dude, he only had yeah. two and kickoffs you know, I, in the whole game. If you listen to Jim Zorn's press conferences at all, he you know he does call people out, but he does he's so technical. He worries about a snap that's like two inches too high and stuff like that, and he, he seems to really kind of make excuses for a lot of players, including especially with Sean Sweezen, um, or the snap was a little high, or this or this or that. Um, and, and the thing with the offensive line, he's not sitting there going, we need a better offensive line. He's like, dude. guys just have to perform better. They need to play better. So, dude, dude, there's no snap on a kickoff. He sits there and takes <laughs> the ball. And he's, I'm dude, talking about he the field goal, dude. He takes, <laughs> he takes the ball on the tee after he compresses it with his own two hands. And he kicks it. He sets it there like... I know, and he looks so weak when he's out there doing that. Like, when he sets it up and he raises his arm up, he looks like he's about to throw up, and his arm is all like like he's got tuberculosis <laughs> in the last throws of it, like like Doc Holliday at the end of Tombstone. Like, he barely <laughs> lifts his arm. Dude. Dude, he is weak, obviously. He can't even kick a 42-yard field goal. <laughs> I don't know, man. But anyway, my whole point about Jim Zorn, um, 
saying all that stuff, I'm just being frustrated as a fan. All I hear, it seems like all I hear are excuses, but I think, I mean, what else is he going to be? He's not going to come out and be like, our kicker sucks. Why not? Who is he going to get at this point? Who's out there? Are you telling me there's not someone in the whole United States of America or world that can kick better than Sean Sweezum that's not playing football right now? How about Mia Hamm, dude? Let's sign her. Mia Hamm. (laughs) Seriously. I know. I mean, what is she doing? She's probably coaching a UNC women's soccer team or something. (laughs) I'd take my chances with Mia Hamm over Sean Sweezum. Lamar Garcia Parra's extensive wounds because he's always hurt all the time. Where the heck's Pele, bring dude? Back, bring back, what's his face? Novak. Where's he? Yeah, where is he? That would be a good one for where is he now, dude. Yeah, that would be a good one. Maybe he's kicking for the... Philadelphia <laughs> Sola. No, seriously. Seriously, we don't know where he is because that's your segment. Hey. What was his name? Nick Novak, right? Yeah, Nick Novak. The kick, the kick heard around the world. Albemarle High School in Charlottesville. Dude, the shirt's Dude. still available on the Harry Hog shop. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of dudes, uh, I think it's about time for us to pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to, listening to Harry, Harry Hog, Hog Football. Please hang up and try again. I also wanted to point out that this week's episode of Harry Hog Football is brought to you by White Gold. <laughs> you can visit the. Josh, do you think you can put up a link to White Gold so we can uh, make sure our sponsor is uh, getting his props? Yes, check the website. Uh, you'll see the link there. It's White Gold. Uh, their latest hit single called uh, Is It Me or Do You Love My Hair? And what's. And what's the album? I can only give two percent. I can only give two percent. <laughs> and that that uh, website is whitegoldiswhitegold.com. dot com. Check it out. Anyway, uh, moving forward into oh hey look at that. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at the itinerary like uh, what is this? There's just a bunch of links. Give it me. Uh, here's one, one thing on the itinerary. It says, lose to Giants. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Captain Obvious. Oh, dude, John, I just saw that you had on the itinerary, should Tortoise sit against Baltimore? Yeah. And I didn't even see that before when I was talking. Yeah, dude, yeah. Um, well, you know, those are all points for us to bring up. We talked about that. But we do need to go into, uh, I think, the injury report next. This Aaron? is the injury report. Oh, we're way up. Where is it? Oh, okay. Injury report. All right, dude. I haven't got time for the pain. Injury report. It's time for the injury report. With Jonathan Wayne Adams. <laughs> Twin, twin. There you go. Seriously. All right, guys. Sean Springs is hurt again. Again. Guess what he hurt again? His cat. Again. Dude, what are we going to do? I don't know. Dude, has D'Angelo Hall overtaken him for games played this year as a Redskin? Um, 
<laughs> I don't know, but he's ahead of him. I, I don't know if he's ahead of him officially on the depth chart, but for all intents and purposes, he is because Springs is never playing. Hall is the third quarter, and according to uh, Fox on Sunday, he was actually the second quarter. Is D'Angelo um, Hall ahead? Is D'Angelo Hall ahead of Carlos Rogers in interceptions this year? <laughs> he may have passed him. I think he, he did. The third one that Springs knocked out of the I know, dude. He might be tied with him for two. And the All point I know is that his uh, his his uh, contract is up at the end of the season, as we know. Prorated one or uh, one million dollars prorated, I think. And uh, he keeps up playing the way he is. I mean, I'm not saying he's stellar or anything, but he's getting better every game, and he started off pretty darn good. And uh, uh, and uh, he's gonna make some money. I can't even call it that, dude, because from what I see, he's like getting burnt yet. Somehow there's a ball coming right to him. It's like he's in the right place at the right time, more than like having good coverage or something. I don't know. Or maybe that's good I don't coverage. Know. Well, and maybe it's because he's doing. I don't know. Maybe it's because if they haven't covered the third receiver, he's doing a little bit better. I don't know, but I do know he has two picks and he's had a couple passes defensively. I haven't seen him give up a touchdown yet. So unlike you know, Rogers. Well, that interception he had on Sunday was pretty nice. He like reached over the dude's shoulder and kind of just took it and took it from him. It's pretty sweet. I mean, you could, yeah, you can see some skills going on. We've still got some skills, so we'll see how the uh, rest of the season um, unfolds with that. Because any team can find him, and I think considering Sean Springs is always hurt, uh, we need to uh, be at the front of that list, along with uh, finding some defensive ends. Um, another news, include, uh, speaking of that, Samuels aggravated or re-aggravated his knee. Um, I'm thinking it's probably because he was on they were passing on every freaking down in the fourth quarter because they were playing from behind. So Samuels, he's, he's kind of day to day. I'm sure they'll have him out to rest on Wednesday, just like they do with Pete Kendall and, and, and many others every week. Out to pasture uh, one day. Fortis is questionable. And I think Zorn is going to hold him out if he's not near 100%. Um, as I mentioned before, Jason Campbell's got a, a fingernail nearly ripped off one of his fingers. I'm not sure if he pulled it the rest of the way off or if he had one of the training staff do it for him. Oh, either way, that's pretty, uh, pretty much a, that's a little ouchie right there. That's painful, man. Yeah, dude, that pretty much tops Tony Romo's um, broken finger. Use that for torture, dude. That totally yeah, tops and, Tony and Romo. You see, that happened during the game and he stayed in the game. That you're saying about Tony Romo? Aaron? I said that injury pinky, tops his. his little pinky. Tops it. It tops his and injury. You your pinky. Romo <laughs> is back. Oh. All right, dude. Let's shoot down the NFC East report really quick because uh, we're starting to run a little long here. I think. Okay. Right you want me to give um, the intro music for it? Sure, but I'll go ahead and start. Well, let me give you uh, the intro music. It's time for the NFC East report. With Josh Allen. Dude, are you serious? All right. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Here, here's your music, dude. Here's your music. Nice. Time for the NFC's report. I'm Josh Allen. Brought to you by Sweatpants. Great. Brought to you by White Gold. 
this week, of course, the uh, Giants came into Washington and beat Washington, and now the 11-1 Giants are going to be facing the 6-5-1 Philadelphia Eagles. At this point, we got a poll for the Giants, I think. Two NFC. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they're already so far ahead, it's not going to really matter. Um, that said, uh, the Redskins are 7-5. and five. We are playing at Baltimore. Uh, so almost a home game. It's almost. gonna be a rough game, dude, because we have to point out once again it's at night and we suck in night games. And they have a really good defense and their offense is surprisingly good with the one double A uh rookie from one double A Delaware, Joe Flacco. Yeah. Battle of the Beltway. Right there. Right. Um and then of course I already mentioned the Eagles are gonna be at New York. And Dallas bringing up the rear with with eight and four on their uh, on their tally. They're showing up in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field for a uh, a debacle, game. dude. Dallas is going to get destroyed. Mark my words. They are going to get destroyed, dude. It, that is, I believe. I don't know if it's game of the week, but I believe it's the four fifteen um, headliner. And if not, it should be. I can't think of another matchup that's going to be better than that. Let's just say uh, we will be watching that game. Oh, dude, I can name a lot of games that are going to be closer than that one. That are going to be better to watch? Dude, I hope it's snowing and Romo's, like, freezing his little pinky off and is like, oh. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be oh. awesome to watch. Yeah. Defense, the, the Pittsburgh defense is awesome. By the way, this weekend, in case we haven't mentioned it, since we're talking about the NFC's report, the uh, game at Baltimore has been flexed to 8.15 p.m. on NBC. So if you are going to the game, it's an 8:15 game in Baltimore. And if you're watching the game from home, you're going to be watching it at 8:15. Unless you're not in the East Coast, and then it's going to be 7:15, 6:15, or 5:15. So on and so forth. Unless, yeah. Or if you're watching it like our friends over in the UK, it's going to be at something like two in the morning. Half a clock. <laughs> so you might as well call in sick the next day. Again, for the full time And we have to mention that um, next week, episode it's episode 150, and we will be releasing episode two, the lost episode. And so look for that on iTunes. And then after that episode, for the first time in Harry Hog football history, I think. We will have all three of us, Aaron, Josh, and John, in the same studio to record the show. It's not the first time. We did one from uh, from the Pembroke Meadows studio. But we've never done one from the main studio. That's true. We've done them from, like, makeshift because mobile Aaron, studios. Josh, and John, we're going to be at the game in Cincinnati. Yes. We got some fat seats, dude. After the Roman General Cincinnati. We got like 35 yard line seats on like the 20th row for the cost like of a beer bucks. at FedEx Stadium. <laughs> it's awesome. We <laughs> paid like 1250 for them or something, didn't we? A little bit more than that, but I do want to point out that the uh, season tickets in, uh, in Cincinnati are sold out for the season. They're sold out already before, um, I believe, before the season started. So they are actually selling out their stadium. And the tickets that we got. On the 35-yard line, um, what are we, 23 rows up, mm-hmm. I believe. 
Um, mm-hmm. They are the, the prices are very comparable to the butt crack seats that we had in the corner of the end zone, ten rows from the fence at the top um, at FedEx Field. Yeah, they're within face value is within ten dollars of those seats that were way up there. Nice. Thanks a lot, Danny. Thanks a lot, Danny. All right. <laughs> I guess we should roll into Tom's trivia. All right, let me get rid of your music. All right, so that was the NFC East report, and here we go. Um, moving into the NFC East report with Josh Allen, thanks to our sponsor, White Gold. It's time once again for Tom's trivia. Hey guys, it's Tom calling another episode of Tom's Trivia. The question for uh, last week was in reference to Mike Holmgren being the only Super Bowl winning head coach never to have beaten the Redskins in the regular season. And the question was, who are the head coaches to have coached in the Super Bowl, obviously not one, who have uh, never beaten the Redskins in the, uh, the regular season? And, uh, I said there were four. Unfortunately, there are five. <clears throat> Credit goes to David from Michigan for finding the fifth. He only found four, but one of the four he found was one that I just flat out missed. No excuses. Dismissed it. I don't know how I did, but I did. So he kind of gets partial credit because he stopped at four and probably thought, hey, I went far back as I needed to. So I don't know. He's, he probably deserves credit because no one else got the question right. Um, there are plenty of guesses, but no one got them right. The answers are... The uh, five coaches are Lovey Smith, Bill Callahan, Mike Martz, Raymond Berry, and Forrest Gregg. Again, uh, partial credit goes to David from Michigan because he got four and he got the one I missed. And he only stopped the four probably because I said four, but there is a fifth. The um, Jim Zorn, even though he struggled over the last few weeks here, has already seven wins in his first season as head coach for the Redskins. Who holds the record for most wins in his first season as Redskins head coach? And how many wins does Zorn need to get to break that record? Okay, well, hang in there. Hope to win this week. Talk to you guys later. All right, thanks, Tom, and congratulations to Dave in Michigan. Go, Dave! Go, David! David in Michigan! David in Michigan is pulling ahead, kind of like the Giants did to the Redskins this past week. Uh... Yeah. He's harsh. He's a, he's a Redskins fan of correlation. with bad news. Yeah. It's pretty messed up. Sorry. Anyway, congratulations, David, and everyone else out there. If you guys know the answer to this week's Tom's trivia question, go ahead and send it in to Tom at HarryHogFootball.com or give us a ring-a-ding-ding on the hog line at... 206. 203. One five six six. That's two zero six two zero three one five six six. Please leave a message. And as always, you can send us email about anything else you might want to talk about at um, Redskins fan at harryhogfootball.com or call that hog line and leave us a voice message if you wish. And if you leave us a really good message that's really funny, we might just stick you on the podcast. And we also have to point out, being at the holiday season, not much time left before Christmas to shop. You might want to do that shopping online. And if you do, why don't you swing on over to harryhogfootball.com and click on our shop or 
go through our page to Amazon.com and other destinations like eBay and stuff of that nature because we'll get a little cut and it'll help us make our podcast even better. For instance, Aaron and my mom really wanted this Anne Murray Christmas album. So I clicked through carryonfootball.com to iTunes and voila. Mom now has Anne Murray a la iTunes. So like Aaron, if you wanted to order We Are the World single, <laughs> you can go link through our website to iTunes or to Amazon.com. That pick yourself up or whatever. And yep. you could uh you know, Band-Aid, Live-Aid, White Gold, Live-Aid. And John wanted Cindy Lauper's uh, Christmas Spectacular. He could go through there as well. <laughs> anyway, you guys get the picture. You know, order your father some cigars. You can get them there. Order your brother some beer-making uh, equipment. Uh, material. All. You can get them there. You know, if you can think about it, you know, Living XL for the large ones in your family, it's there. So go to AaronHogFootball.com. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is living XL, dude? <laughs> Seriously, do we have that on our site? Yes. Oh man, I'm gonna have to check that. Out. <laughs> dude, it's for all the linemen. Dude, it's for It's not for John's oh, XL, living XL, uh, not, not for me. John, living I got XL, you a gift. I went online. You by, uh... <laughs> dude, I went online and what? got went through our website and bought John a uh, gift certificate to Living XL for Christmas. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, you guys get the point. Hopefully this weekend we'll go into Baltimore and actually play up to uh, what I think we can. Um, Do you guys think that this team has the fight that the one in the last two years has had to come in and finish out a season with a string together some wins and get to the playoffs? Do you guys think we have it in us? Let's just say that, uh, you know, the Giants, the Giants was – not so great uh, before they went to the playoffs last year and they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, because the time. Yeah, we destroyed the them time. right before the playoffs. Actually, this is the time. This is the time when we need a helping hand. That we must go for it. Oh, um, we we got to win three in the last four. Yeah, mm-hmm. have any chance to make the playoffs? That's right. If we lose more than one, we're done. More than one, and we're done. Who do we have left, dude? More than likely. We got the Eagles, we, the Ravens. Who else? We got the Eagles at home, Ravens on the road, Cincinnati on the road, and San Francisco on the road. We can do it, Naki. We can totally do it. Dude, I, I, have to po- I have to point out that's an easier schedule than Dallas. They got. Yeah, Dallas has a tough one. They got the Giants, they got the Eagles, they got Pittsburgh, and they got Baltimore. Dude, I, yep. would, I would say out of all of ours that we've got left that the uh, Ravens game is going to be our toughest game. Mm, yeah. Eagles isn't going to be a cakewalk either. because this team can't score any damn points. Yeah, dude. Well, hopefully that will change. Yeah, hopefully that will change. Um, Jason Campbell today on Redskins Radio real quick, he did allude to the fact that they may be dumbing down the offense a little bit. Um, less packages of, you know, bring in three or four different players every damn time they, they go in and out for a first or second down. Um, we might see a little bit of dumbing down and simpler stuff, and, and hopefully that'll be the case. Uh, they got to start throwing the ball to other people that's been paying them off. You need the rookies to get out there, get the ball thrown to them, so say Tannenbaum isn't always double-teamed. So Chris Cooley, when he's not staying back to block, 
getting out there, not getting double teamed all the time. That's the thing. I mean, if you only moss out there, of course they're going to double team and you're never going to get them the ball. Yeah, you just got to chuck it up like uh, DeLone does in, in Carolina every now and then. Just chuck it out there yep. and and make him come down with the ball. That's what he does. He's really good at that. I mean, sometimes you just got to take a shot. That's it. You got to do it. <laughs> Santana Moss did drop a deep one. Yeah. He usually drops one a game. Anyway, um, yeah, so we got to win these d- games, dude. But it's not. it's definitely not out of the question yet, like John was saying on Sunday. I did. You got. You get. You. Uh, you definitely told me you were going to call me out on that. I thought we're out of the playoffs. There's no way we're going to make it. Um, I know that we're not statistically out of the playoffs, but uh, yeah, we lose this weekend. I think we're done. Yep. Even though I say we have to go at least three and one to make it, I one. I think we lose one more and we're out. We're behind Dallas. We're behind Tampa. We are behind Carolina and Atlanta as well, the surprising 8-4 Falcons. Um, how about this? Right now, it's looking like the NFC South could very well be the division to put out the one of one or two of the wild cards. Mm-hmm. I might be okay with us losing our last regular season game. I might be okay with that, but we got to win the other ones first. I think we got to win all of them. The last one. doesn't matter. San Francisco, but I mean... It may be important to that point that we win it. It may not. But like you said, if we miss, more, if we lose more than one, we're done. It's going to be important all the way down. The but anyway, the, um, all I know is, no matter what happens, I know one thing. We're all triple zero fans. So we'll be watching it. All right. Absolutely. You know what that means, don't you? No idea. It means we watch each game until the clock hits triple zeros. Unlike those people that were leaving early and whatnot when they go to games. I got you. Anyway. And I don't want to hear anything about weather because when we went to, we been to a game against the Eagles that was 40 degrees and raining. Unlike Romo. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. Alright dudes, well we're rambling on so uh, it's time for Josh's final Josh. segment. And you guys know what that is if I can get the cue right. All right, dude. Some of you are going to like this one, and others of you will not. Um, regardless, personally, I think the guy was a great player. Uh, Chip Low Miller. Uh, no, I think he was a great defensive end. Holds the record. Holds the record for most career quarterback sacks. Um, played for the Washington Redskins from 2000 to 2003. Bruce Smith. Ish. <laughs> you guys got it. He was drafted in 1980. First pick. Of course, he went to Buffalo at that point. Finished his career with lost four Super Bowls. What's that? Lost four Super Bowls. Yeah, well, you know, there was that. But uh, number 78 from our hometown, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Bruce Smith. Um, I know what he's doing now. He owns a Popeyes, doesn't he? (laughs) No, dude. You know what he's doing now? No. <laughs> Dude, he I does c- not have a car dealership. I could have sworn he owned Popeyes in Chesapeake. I don't know about that. Bruce Smith. Dude, he is a large-scale hotel designer. He himself or his, like, firm? He himself. Like, he has a big draft table and cat. He works as a designer. 
Um, he actually works with a company in Virginia Beach called Armada Hoffler. They do a lot of large buildings. Oh, yeah. And uh, he does apparently he does a lot of work with those guys. Um, he also um, has recently gone back. He, of course, he's a Virginia Tech grad. Uh, he went back to Blacksburg, and he bought the, uh, the Red Lion Inn in Blacksburg. And, uh, Where the heck is that? He's currently redeveloping it with $50 million uh, student apartments, hotel, and rest- restaurant complex. So, I don't even know where that is. Okay. Do you, John? So it's a little more than having a car dealership, and it's a little bit more than owning a custard shop in Baltimore. Or a Popeye's. Very good. Or a Popeye's. Or, you know, a little bit different than, say, you know, teaching at a prep school. But, uh, there you go. Bruce, I mean, he's a smart guy. All right. Way to go, Bruce. Way to keep it going there in Blacksburg, Virginia. So, um, all right, dudes, that about wraps it up. Um, hopefully, we're, we'll come out with a victory against Baltimore, although it's going to be a tough one. And uh, hopefully, the team will reach down somewhere and pull out what they need to do to get this game won, like maybe some offense. And um, we'll talk to you guys next week on the historic episode 150, Harry Hog Football. So, hail to the Redskins, and as usual, if you see a Cowboys fan this week, joke on! How about Jason Campbell's